If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello and welcome to episode 108 of Vacation Rental Success. And as you are, as you, if you may be listening to this uh, on the date of publication, which is the 23rd of December 2015, you know, you might be heading to the shops, the stores, doing a last minute Christmas shopping. Uh, what we're actually doing as this podcast is published, um, we'll be having Christmas Day today because uh, both my son, Mike, uh, my business partner and and his wife Andrea are emergency services workers. Mike's a firefighter. Andrea's a paramedic. They are both working all over Christmas. They're both working um, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and through into next week. So we thought we'd just uh, we'd we'd just do it a little bit earlier this year, and uh, and we're having sort of fake Christmas Day today. And and because of that, because I'm recording this just a couple of days. Um, well, in fact, I'm recording this on the day before publication. Um, so I have Mike with me and he has just settled into his very comfy couch with his feet up and um, he's going to say hello. Hello, everybody. Thank you very much for having me back on again, Mum. It's uh, it's always nice to touch base with the uh, Vacation Rental Success audience. Um, in fact, I, was just, I just had to grab a last mouthful of appetizer um, before uh, coming to join you in the office. Yes, we're we're about to enter the... Fake Christmas Eve eating frenzy. Well, which and fake Christmas Eve free, feeding frenzy turns into a fake week of Christmas eating. Instead of just the normal two days, we can actually spread it out over five days. <laughs> so, so when you work, you're, you're, you're working Christmas Day, Mike. Do, do you actually have Christmas dinner at work? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yes. So I, I'm very appreciative of um, our, the two captains we have who run the trucks in our station. Uh, they are actually having their captain's dinner uh, on Christmas Day, so they're, they're paying for the whole thing. They're doing a big prime rib, rib dinner for the, the ten of us. Uh, and, yeah, we'll be, um, you know, in, <laughs> whatever we can do between calls, because uh, Christmas Day does tend to be a little bit busier than other days. Unfortunately, when alcohol and food and everybody being jolly comes into play, normally common sense tends to go out the window. <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, here's hoping that you you don't have too busy a day, and that Andrea doesn't have too busy a day, um, and uh, everybody gets to enjoy their Christmas. So, what we're doing here today is talking about the year um, 2015, uh, how how it's been for us, uh, for for Mike with his property Seabreeze down on Lake Ontario, for me with my two properties Osprey and Kingfisher Cottages, and of course for for our uh, Property management agency, Clearwater. Uh, Clearwater. That was a company I used to own. Cottage Link Rental Management. And we have around 200 properties, uh, as you know. Give or take a few here and there. We've, um, we've been taking on quite a few more recently. Uh, a lot of new properties coming on board, which is great. So with those properties and with those owners, they're going to um, hear from me in the next couple of weeks with a couple of... Of, of things that I've learned over 2015, you know, what, what's happened during the year that's going to be reflected back into how we'll be briefing our owners on 
on on the expectations really of guests for 2016. But I wanted to kick off just by asking Mike what 2015 was like for him with Seabreeze. Uh, I know he had a really exciting year. So over to you. Yeah, I, I think that obviously we, we, we talked about this earlier on in the year on the podcast about uh, our Seabreeze uh, being featured on the TV show Income Property. Um, and that has definitely been um, uh, a, a huge impact on uh, the number of people visiting our website. Um, I'm not sure if we've actually seen any conversions in terms of bookings yet. Uh, I think b- the show aired in the middle of April, um, and at that point we already had Seabreeze fully booked right from the beginning of June until the end of September. So it's quite difficult to see what the impact has been. But certainly we capitalized a lot on utilizing social media, uh, especially Twitter and Facebook, to start driving traffic who were immediately going onto the internet while watching the show and utilizing keywords such as Seabreeze Cottage Rental, uh, Income Property, Mike and Andrea, some of those uh, those keywords. And we, we saw, I, I don't even need to know what the, the daily ske- TV schedule is, whether it be here in Canada or in the U.S., but I know whenever it airs because we see uh, a jump, a massive jump on our website of traffic. Like sometimes... Our average visitors to the, to the website a day can be about 20 to 30 visitors a day. Um, but when the show airs, we get up to close to six or 700 visitors a day, um, which is still pretty small potatoes when, you, when you're thinking about the reach of the show. But it's, it's obviously going to be a very uh, – it's going to be a huge asset in our marketing as, as, as the time goes on. And I, I just want to recommend to anybody that if you are thinking about doing renovations at your property anyway, contact these shows. It doesn't have to be income property, but contact any renovation shows and, and put your property up to, to you know see if they'd be interested in, in uh, coming in to fix it up for you know, uh, and help you out with, uh, with your business. I, I've got to ask you, Mike, because this is a question that, uh, that I was asked a lot uh, over, over the year by people who are very curious about the whole process. Did income property pay for it all? No, absolutely not. I mean, this was something that I, well, I can't reveal too much because the contract we signed with them in terms of how they do the show um, is is quite in-depth. But I I can say that every single thing that you see on that episode is real. Um, You know, when we find out how much it's going to cost, the actual cost that we pay, um, everything is genuine. Uh, I, I was always under the impression that these shows tend to make things quite fictitious. Um, but no, everything that was aired on that show is 100% genuine. Uh, I was, I was actually very impressed in terms of, you know, the lengths they went to. And, we, and the wonderful thing is, is we didn't have to keep repeating things. We didn't have to keep, you know, you know, take one, take two, take three. It literally was just film as we go. And, and everything you see is very natural. Um, it really is true reality TV, which really surprised me. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, I've I've seen it half a dozen times. Um, as oh, I'm sure you have, Mike. I'm sure you've watched it over and over again. Uh, no, <laughs> really? No, I, I, I we watched it. The uh, we had the big um, the premiere party at at our house. We had some friends over. We watched it then, and then the guys cornered me at work because they PBR'd it and forced me to sit down and watch it, so they could ridicule me throughout the whole episode. Um, but aside from that, uh, I, that's that's the only times I've really watched it. I mean, it's uh, I, we were there, we filmed it, we did it. Um, it's, it's 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 very gratifying to know that we're getting such great feedback, um, but certainly. Um, I, I don't need to sit there and watch myself on TV over and over again. <laughs> well, it certainly shows well. I mean, the, the property 
really shows well on on our website. I, I, th- I think professional photography is is something that you know. It's something we talk about this a lot, having professional photography done, and and of course, you know, both you and I have properties, and I don't think either one of us have had this done yet. Um, I think it would really lend itself well to some. I, I'm not saying the photographs are, are poor in any way. Um, but perhaps that's something we should do next year. I think one of the challenges that we've had is, is we have tried to get a professional photographer in. I mean, the um, the production company did provi- provide professional photographs of of the the version that they had staged with their furniture and, and their their paintings and and their fixtures and fittings. Um, but once we, they'd obviously taken a lot of that away, and we put our own stuff in, and we we bought we spent a few thousand dollars on on new things. Um, we did our own photographs, but the problem is. is if you have a successful property, trying to get these people in to do these things without disturbing your guests, which is the, you know my number one goal at all times, is to make sure the guest experience is absolutely perfect. It's a real challenge trying to get somebody, you know, a professional photographer to come in on a Saturday in the middle of the summer is almost impossible because they're they're doing weddings and, and all kinds of other things. Um, and then trying to get them in on a day where the weather is perfect and it's not overcast, and th- th- there's a lot of challenges to, to 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 get you know get everything just right. Um, but I think certainly uh, it's still on our radar. It's going to happen as soon as we can possibly make it happen. Um, as soon as the uh, the, the skies um, or, the, or the winter clears in the spring, um, and we get some flowers coming out, we'll definitely get some professional images done, and we'll uh, share we'll share them with you and everybody else on the podcast. Well, that's great. And of course, with, uh, with my two properties, Osprey and Kingfisher, we had a stellar year. We really did. I mean, we, we had some problems with Kingfisher at the beginning of the year because once again, we had uh, two years running. We, we had frozen pipes coming into, into the cottage. So we, we had to shut it down from January through March. Um, so we lost that income but we did this September uh, had did some excavating, put a new water line in from the water into the uh, from the river into the house because it, you know, in these properties, my my two properties, the the water that comes into the property comes in from the river and then goes through a filtration system, and then is pumped into uh, in, into the house. Um, so fingers crossed, we're going to get some um, so, some bookings in Kingfisher in. 2016 which we haven't had in the last two years but the best thing about both places is the return guests is the repeats we have one set of guests going into osprey in 2016 it will be their sixth summer and you know i'm just blown away with the amount of repeat guests uh we get and and i one of the things they say over and over again is that it's because there is that they don't lack for anything and but but the the challenge of course with having repeat guests i don't know whether you you have thought about this mike that people come back year after year they want to see something different every year and and so sometimes it's it, it's it's a little bit a hard push to say well, well what can we do that's different i think for us i mean we certainly have um obviously with the income property renovation uh i mean we obviously put up our prices um at that point 
And I kind of feel that, yes, I mean, it, it is nice to include something different every single year. But absolutely, if you're going to be putting up the price, any kind of price increase, even if you're just doing it to, to match inflation, you do have to make sure that your repeat guests are coming back and seeing some kind of benefit of that um, increase in price. Um, for us, we, you know, we are always looking at the guest experience and trying to we're always looking at the reviews or, or the comments that people have left. And, and no matter how small it might be, it could be something as simple as, oh, could you please add some more dog toys for, for our pets? Or uh, we'd love to see, um, uh, we'd love to see uh, the, 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 the bottle of sparkling wine that we leave. Somebody mentioned, we really appreciate you leaving the bottle of sparkling wine. Maybe next time it could be left in the fridge. And I love to have it presented on the table for when they walk in the, in the front door. So I know there are individual bottle of um, a wine chiller. And it could be something as simple as that. I mean, last year we added, above and beyond all the renovations, we added um, a uh, device charging station. Um, so that way that there is somewhere, a location where you can put all your iPhones and iPads or Blackberries or whatever device you're using. There's a place to stack all those things with a multitude of chargers that, that people can use. And as well as that, we also provided a, a Bluetooth, uh, a portable Bluetooth speaker. So people could take that down to the beach or they could have it out by the campfire. And that was such a – it was a small thing. I mean it, it did cost $250, but at the same time, it just adds to that experience. It just, it just makes everything that much better for the guest. So, yes, I mean, we do always think about adding something new each year, but it doesn't have to be grandiose. It doesn't have to be the biggest thing in the world. It just – it has to just be something that when somebody comes back, it's like, oh, look what they've added. Uh, I find that just uh, with, with some of our guests, we, we have several that, that come back, that come three or four times during the year. And so I'm very conscious of that, that I have different different bedding. So the winter bedding is different from the summer bedding. And, and we, we do chop and change over the, you know, the, the style of bedding. It's always high quality, but, uh, but they're not coming every time and thinking, oh, yeah, same old sheets, same old... Same old duvet cover. It's it, it's different. But the one thing that um, I mean, we added uh, stand-up paddleboard was was a huge hit uh, this year. So we, you mentioned um, Wi-Fi charging stations. So I, that, that's a really good segue into something I wanted to comment on because it's something that uh, that has come across from feedback from owners and guests from our property management company this year, and this is about the the provision of internet Wi-Fi. Um, we we have so many properties that are in fairly remote situations. You can't get a sort of cable internet or um, or the high speed internet that people are used to in the city. The majority of internet that's offered in in our cottages is via satellite, and that tends to be limited. So. The limits are sometimes as as small as three gigs a week. Uh, for some in my, my in my own properties, it's five gigs a week. So we do have to lay it out very clearly to our uh, our guests what those limits are. And we had two instances this summer where guests ran up uh, bills or uh, what what do you call it? My overages, overages of over fifteen hundred dollars. Now what what had happened there is that. The owners had said there were limits, but they hadn't specified what those limits were. 
And of course, you know, it, it means different things. Limits means different things to different people. And I did have that comment from one guest who, when we when we told him that it was a limit limit on the internet, and he said that um, you know, Wi-Fi is more important than water, and therefore, if you've got limited internet, it's 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 like being in a drought. Um, so that, that's one thing we're taking into 2016 is as far as possible encouraging all our property owners to look or to talk to their providers about offering unlimited internet. I mean, I know, I mean, we've talked about this before, Mike, haven't we? You know, when we went to Exuma a couple of years ago, and I remember laughing because the four of us with, uh, and we just had, you just had Aria then, Isla hadn't even been born. And between us, we had three laptops, we had three iPads, we had phones, we had um, GoPros to be charged. It was just there was just a ton of stuff, and I don't even think twice about um, looking at a YouTube video. And and I think I'm conscious about using internet and the internet limits. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's unfortunately the generation we're living in. I mean I I'm, I'm very conscious about it with with my kids. The fact that even watching them, I mean we try and limit how much time they have with devices, but yet. At, two and four years old they already know how to turn on an ipad and, and navigate to their apps and, and and to do whatever they want i mean it, it's not it's not a replacement uh, of uh, sorry I'm, I'm just talking about parenting right now it's not a replacement for interaction it, it's now becoming a tool for both kids and adults to interact with friends and family and is entertainment and it's everything now the biggest thing to remember and if you're listening to this I would imagine anybody listening to the Vacation Rental Success podcast, I would imagine are, you know, you are very invested in your vacation rental business. You're listening to this because you want to learn more about how to run your business. We have encountered so many times with Cottage Link uh, Rental Management when we come across new owners who are interested in renting out, and their attitude is well, these guests are coming to a cottage. That's not what you do at a cottage. Or this is what they do at a vacation. You don't use devices on when you're on vacation. You should be outside and the kids should be outside. Unfortunately, as an owner, that is not your right to make that decision. I'm going to say that again. It is not your right to make the decision for your guests what they can and can't do on their vacation. And I think that providing internet, I mean, yes, obviously if you provide it, then you have to be very cognizant of the fact that the devices that people are using now use an incredible amount of data. Just because everything is now in high def, it's in high speed, it's everything is faster and quicker, and, and that sucks more um, more of the bandwidth. So that they're going to be using more and more um, of your data usage. And if you have an issue where you're, and I was in this very same position, where when we first started renting Seabreeze, we had an internet usage where each guest was allowed five gigabytes per week, um, because our, our our monthly limit was twenty five gigabytes. And I thought that'd be no problem at all. I thought there would be plenty. Um, but with the usage, when as as you said, Heather, when when you've got two or three or four people in the same party all using that same Wi-Fi connection to the internet, and they are all you know watching YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff, you, if you can go unlimited, it's worth the money. It's worth the eighty, ninety, hundred dollars a month 
to have unlimited internet. Because not only do you not now have to worry about it as the owner, but the guest doesn't have to worry about it. And it alleviates any kind of concern for both you and the guest and just makes that relationship a lot more, uh, a lot better. Where you're not getting angry at your guests because they've, they, you know, they've had an overage. Yeah. Um, no, I, I fully agree. The, the thing is, is that it, un, unlimited internet is, is not always possible. Uh, I know we're, tr- we're trying to find a provider for Osprey and Kingfisher, but at the moment, uh, the, um, the satellite service we have will not give un- unlimited. So, uh, you know, it's just something we- we're just going to have to work out um, and perhaps just spend more time with, with guests before they book and say, okay, if you, if you want to book, this is these are your internet limits and we need you to sign this piece of paper that says you know that that you understand these limits and that if you do go over them um there will be an additional charge i I think that's really important is making sure that you're so transparent with your guests when they book it's it's all well and good on your listing or on your website to say you provide high-speed internet but you have to let them know and i I don't mean in the 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 my minuscule fine print of your contract that oh by the way you can only use five gigabytes you have to let them know that up front so on your listing put high-speed internet provided in brackets five gigabytes per week that that obviously categorizes you in in a certain bracket of whatever that guest is looking for but you have to make sure you're being upfront because internet is so important for so many people and heather and i have talked about this multiple times about how how we have been away and been trying to work and either the internet is not fast enough or we run out of uh, run out of data so it's is really really important to make sure your guests know what they're getting before they book yeah well i think uh I think we've got that point across. <laughs> I think so. Hey, tell me, Mike, about um, your Nest system because that um, you know, that, that that works via the internet, and and now we have a better system down at our cottages. I'm, I'm really interested in talking about remote systems and what what you use it for. Well, I, Nest is just part of what we're using, and I'll, I'll explain a little bit more about Nest in a second, but. One of the the things that I identified last year, um, and this is you know in our year year of review in 2014, was that I found that I didn't have enough control of the cottage in terms of, or sorry, uh, enough control of my vacation rental property because I had to continuously go down there, or I had to get my property manager to continuously make changes to some of the systems. And the systems I'm talking about are specifically temperature, um, our keyless entry system. Um, and one of the biggest concerns myself as a firefighter is that my property is quite remote. It's a good 10, 15 minute drive away from the nearest emergency services. Um, and I don't like the idea of it being, uh, unmonitored. Like we don't have a security system. I don't want to pay a monthly fees for a security system, but I wanted a means of being able to keep an eye on the property from a distance. Should there be, um, a fire, for example, or if my, my smoke alarms are going off and, what I decided is I had to give myself some kind of remote control over the property. And there's, uh, there's four things we did. The first thing was for the temperature control um, because it's powered, uh, sorry, it's heated by propane. Um, and last year, in a very, very cold winter we had here in Canada, I ran out of propane. Um, and fortunately, the people delivering the propane were, were back in time to fill it. But they did call me to let me know that it had been out, out of propane. They didn't know how long. 
Um, so what the Nest system allows me to do is from my smartphone, I can adjust the temperature at the property and I can also see what the actual temperature is in the property at that time. So that is a huge bonus for me to be able to see um, exactly what is going on with the temperature. Now, I don't change it when guests are there. I could if I wanted to. But the main thing is, is I can turn the temperature down once I know they've left and I can turn the temperature up before they arrive. Now, the next question you're probably asking is, how do I know when they've left? Well, that's the, the, the two of the systems, two additional systems that I added. The first one was um, a wireless remote keyless entry system. Um, and what this is, is it's basically a digital keypad that connects to my wireless network in the house, which subsequently connects out to my smartphone. So when the, the keypad is used um, and the door unlocks, I get a text message to say that it's unlocked. Um, and obviously, depending on the time of the day and what have you, I know whether that, that's my property manager, my cleaner, or whether it's the guests going in. And vice versa, when they're leaving, when they lock it back up again, I also get a text message so I know that you know they're coming and going. Um, and with that, I can go onto the online system and I can change the code online, which is great because I, that's so much easier for me to have control over the access to the property rather than giving that responsibility to my property manager. Um, I just I just don't like the idea of, of my guests potentially being stranded because of, a, of of my bad handwriting on a instructions to my property manager. Um, so there was that, and there's also we installed some security cameras on the front of the property. Um, now I know there's some controversy about security cameras and vacation rentals, and and I absolutely agree with no security cameras in areas that are going to be concerning to a guest, as in internally or towards swimming pools or hot tubs or anywhere where it's their private space. Um, we specifically ins installed cameras facing out of the front of the property for two reasons. One was to make sure during the winter season we could see uh, whether or not the property had been plowed um, and the access to the property was good. But also we can see when people have arrived. We can see when their cars pull in in the front, um, and that just allows us you know, to give them 15, 20 minutes to kind of unload and get settled in, and then I can give them a call and make sure everything's okay. Um, now, I do put in the welcome letter when people arrive that those cameras are there, so they're not shocked by them halfway through their trip. I also want to make sure that they're aware that they're there, um, that we do monitor them, and they are just at the front of the property facing out towards the uh, the main entrance. Go on. So, yeah, I, I was just going to ask you about the system itself. Um the, the, the camera system was is just purchased from Costco. Um, it was it's, it's a Lorex um, camera system. Uh, allows four cameras. Uh, it, it was a little bit of an effort to set up. I did have to call their technical support to, to get it set up with my phone, but they were incredibly helpful, and uh, I highly recommend it. It's it's been it's, it's been a huge asset to to me to be able to see, especially what the weather conditions are like. Um, when there's nobody there. So I, I know if, um, if there's lots of branches down or if there's heavy snow um, or, or as, as well as that, if, um, yeah, if there's any issues with um, um, any environmental concerns with, with the branch coming down or, or something like that. The biggest thing that it tells me, and with all these systems, is that whether or not the power's gone out because I'll get a text message to say that I'm no longer receiving information from these systems. So I know if there's been a power outage. And, and for me in the winter, that's very important because my furnace stops working once the power is out. Um, so 
So, so there's the, those are the three systems. So we've got the uh, the Nest system, which does the thermostat. I've got the wireless system for the um, the lock, and I've also got the cameras. And the very last one, as I mentioned, which was um, being concerned about if there's a fire, is that Nest also manufacture a smoke detector and carbon monoxide detector, um, which I've now put one in the basement and one in the main level of the house. And that also connects to my phone. So if there is an alarm and the alarm goes off, my phone turns into a crazy disco dancing machine because it starts flashing and beeping at me if, if the detector goes off. Um, and that is a, just gives me such peace of mind in knowing that if there's no... It's more of a concern if nobody's there that I know that the property... I can, I can call 911 from wherever I am to say, my alarm is going off, I need somebody to go down. Um, yeah, that... that- Oh, that's definitely something I'm going to think about for for our places um, this this upcoming year. Um, ju- just because the, the 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 progress in technology makes it so much easier. You know, I remember sort of it doesn't seem that long ago that our remote uh, our um, automatic uh, entry. You know, the 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 bolt we have on the on the front door keyless entry system um, that that was sort of state of the art, but. Uh, you know, now that there is so much out there, and I think that's something we should do, Mike, maybe over the next couple of months, um, is to do a review on some of these different uh, different systems there are. Well, we absolutely will be, and, and we'll be uh, talking about that a little bit more at the end of this episode um, when we uh, cover off just a little bit more about uh, the new project that we have coming up. So I just want to talk about, you know, one of the things that, that impacts us every year, but this last year seemed to have been the, the year of things that were left behind. And, and I, I don't know whether, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know why people seem to leave more things behind now than they, than they used to in the past. I mean, this year we had a chess set um, that in fact was left behind in June and they found out about it in November, suddenly realized they'd left behind grandpa's chess set, I guess because grandpa had come round and, wanted to play chess and they realized that they'd left it behind unfortunately the that particular property they'd stayed at uh, was closed up for the winter and the owner had either not noticed this chess set I, but anyway they were they're, they're not going to go they won't be going back until april to open it up so sadly that one that chess set is staying there for for the winter there was um ipads we had half a dozen ipads left behind now, most of them, I mean, a couple, a couple of the guests went back up to pick them up. Some had them delivered. You know, the owners were living in the city, were able to, to deliver them to them. But one, we actually mailed to Australia, which, uh, which I was surprised, actually. It, was only, it only cost $36, I think, in postage. And that brings me, I think, to what I'm you know, getting at with, with this little section on what people leave behind, is what's your view, Mike, on... Who pays? Who pays for, uh, you know, some, somebody's left behind a jacket or left behind a pair of boots or, in fact, three pairs of boots that we did have at one property? Because we do have some guests who feel that they should not be covering the return of the items they left behind. I mean, unfortunately, that that, that is a very sad and unfortunate um case of how our society is changing i don't want to get a big philosophical discussion about it but it's the it's not my fault it's somebody else's and i think that we've all kind of felt this way at some point that i can't believe somebody's doing that because it's clearly their fault 
However, as the owner of a business who is whose number one goal should be your guest satisfaction, especially once they've returned home, sometimes it's not a bad thing to bite the bullet of the extra 5 or $10 to ship something back. And yes, is it a pain in the butt? Yes, it is. Um, however, you return it, they're happy, they're going to tell their friends. It's, it's, it's one of those things that as, as a business owner, you've you just got to constantly be weighing up is the value of this customer's great experience worth more than me charging them five dollars um, to send them back their their device or whatever it is that they left? Um, one of the things I think that I personally do, and I, I've 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 learned this in the past, is making sure that you provide some form of instruction for when people leave. I mean, I have a single sheet of paper with about ten bullet points on what people must do before they leave my property. Uh, that includes things like making sure the windows and doors are locked, making sure that the temperature's turned down, um, certain things like that. And included in that are check underneath the beds and remove all your things, including chargers, devices, and, and, and the most common things that, that people leave. I find, I find that, I mean, you do it, I know, and we, we do it, and that's providing an actual checklist which has little boxes that they tick. Um, and leaving them a pencil or a pen. And I found, in fact, somebody said to me a, a, a while back that just having that action of, of having those little boxes, they were walking around the house and ticking the boxes. And it, it really focused them. And this person said, you know, if it had just been a long list of things I had to do, we might have just sort of sifted through it. But the actual act of having a tick box... Maybe it's a psychological thing, but it, uh, it it made a real difference for them. I think what's still surprising, though, is even though we provide that checkbox, I have I, this year for me has been one of the worst years for people forgetting things. I, I've got probably six charges, and, and the the issue I have is that they'll leave them. My cleaners will come in and do the turnarounds, but don't necessarily know whether or not that was that guest or if it was a guest before. So so they just put them in one spot, which is we actually have like a lost and found little uh, basket that our cleaners keep for us for the end of the year and we have no idea of who these things belong to until they, they actually ask, ask them back uh, and we had a phone call recently for somebody asking for the charger to be returned but i have i have seven charges for, for different devices and it's and it, it, you do shake your head a little bit and, and i and i largely put this down to I me mean, we talked about this earlier on about you know our how much we use devices and i think that's that's the issue is that we, we you know we're we become forgetful because we are so overwhelmed with everything that's going on like we're, we're constantly on our devices and we, we just lose track of you know the the important instructions that were provided so even if you provide a check sheet don't just assume that they will follow that check sheet i mean we've we've talked again about this before you can provide them with instructions for the entire property they will still unfortunately um cause damage or make mistakes that are not in their best interest but you can cover yourself as a vacation rental owner by simply providing the instructions and trying to help yourself and the guest out yeah i just want to uh, to end this little bit by by talking about um the traveling giraffe and i like this story (laughs) story. (laughs) i remember reading uh, mike about Oh, I don't know. Six months to a year ago, about I think it was a Hilton Group, and and it, it was a child that left a um, soft toy behind in a hotel or a resort, and um, the the hotel management really went to town 
after these people left and then called to say that this 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 soft toy was was very special to their child and could they get it back but before they sent it back they actually they, they took a photograph of it sitting in a um, a a chair by the pool um they took photographs of it sitting out on the balcony having breakfast all these sorts of things and then they was because it was going to take a few days to get this soft toy back to the child um they emailed these photographs to say that uh, that the soft toy was still having was still on vacation and had really not wanted to go home but um, but was on its way back now and that came to mind when we had exactly the same situation. I had an anguish call from from a, a mother when she they'd just got home. They'd driven five hours home, and the child their child had gone into the into the car and gone straight off to sleep. And apparently, when when he woke up, he didn't really think much. He, he was he had something to eat, I guess. Didn't notice until he got home that his giraffe was missing. So. Mother called and said how distraught she was and he was and the whole family was having a tough time and what this was pretty awful at the end of their holiday and could we what could we do to get this giraffe back? Well, of course, the that that it was a Saturday. It was a Saturday changeover. So by the time they got home, the next set of guests had gone into the property. And however, we were able to contact the guests to see if they had uh, if they came across this this giraffe and and it it was discovered eventually down the back of of a couch and between the guests that were in there and the owner they did exactly what the Hilton group did and and I believe that the guests who um, who who found the giraffe had great fun took it out on a pontoon boat took it fishing did a ton of stuff with this toy giraffe and then sent us the photographs that we were able to send on to the, uh, to the child. And I have to say that you know, f- as far as PR is concerned, it was, it was an absolute success because we got two more bookings out of that by friends of this mother who contacted us saying, what a wonderful thing we'd done. And they wanted to book too. So yeah, just as Mike said, just going that extra mile really really makes the difference we did an article i think it was probably about a year ago about how i think vacation rental owners and vacation rental business owners especially agencies need to understand that it's children who make the decisions on where they go for vacation and we got this great image or this great picture on that on that blog post article we'll put it in the show notes of a mother sitting at a computer with her two kids trying to select a vacation rental property and if you can make that vacation perfect for children you will guarantee that that'll make the parents happy because if the kids are happy the parents are happy and that means that they will come back and they will tell their friends so there is nothing more important than making that kid's experience absolutely incredible um and they will come back time and time again even if it's some, something in this situation where they've lost their toy but they got it back and they'll tell all their friends about how their giraffe went on this amazing trip and went up pontooning and all these kind of things. Well, what was happening with that was that the mother was sharing all these photographs on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, and she, she had good followings. So never forget that. Never forget that your guests, you know, when you're thinking about social media, your guests can be your best marketers uh, if you do something really special for them. They can also send it the other way if uh, if they have a bad experience, of course. Exactly. 
So I think we've covered just about um, everything I wanted to talk about about um, last year. What uh, last year? Not quite last year yet, but uh, certainly we, we've got a few changes we're making next year in terms of, as, as I mentioned, the the internet, um, in terms of how we do our um, departure checklists, and um, and and just create an even better experience for our guests. It's, it's just something every year we go into it with, with, with that question. How do we do the best we can? What can we do that's different? What can we do that makes it the best experience ever? I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from our listeners about what you do to make this the best experience ever for your guests and what you, what you might be doing new for 2016. So talking about new for 2016 mike um are we going to sh- what are we going to share well i think that we have made we've dropped some some little little teasers in the podcast over the last um you know a few months about a new project that we're working on um and we're, we're not going to reveal too much about it today because we're going to cover that this very much in depth in next week's episode um in uh, vacation rental success episode 109 and we are going to cover off this brand new project that we're creating, which is called the Vacation Rental Formula. And this is something that Heather and I have been working on for quite some time. Um, and we think that it's really going to revolutionize how you, as our listeners, and our subscribers um, through Cottage Blogger, how they get their resources and information to really help them have vacation rental success. So we're going to cover this a lot more in depth next week. So make sure you tune in. Um, it's going to be absolutely perfect because you're going to be in that kind of midweek between Christmas and New Year where you're going to be thinking about how you're going to make those changes in 2016 to really improve your business. And uh, we're going to cover a lot of things. Is that all you're going to say? I think so for now. Um, I think the biggest thing I would like to mention to the Vacation Rental Success listeners is that you can head across right now to Vacation Rental formula.com and there we have a coming soon page now we are going to be giving a lot of information and also a very uh, very good offer um, to the subscribers who we already have and also anybody who is already on our cottage blogger subscribers uh, subscriber list um, on boxing day we'll be putting out a very very exclusive offer to only people who are subscribed so if you are not yet a subscriber i would highly recommend you head over to vacationrentalformula.com um, and just uh, pop in your name and email address on that coming soon page, and uh, we'll let you know on the 26th. I'm glad you said the 26th. Cause I was going to. You said Boxing Day, and I'm thinking is that fake Boxing Day or is that real <laughs> Boxing Day? No, that is December 26th, real Boxing Day for everybody else. Yeah, my whole week is totally screwed up. <laughs> I mean, we're going to have Christmas Eve. Oh, that's today. Christmas Eve today on the 23rd. Christmas Day tomorrow. No, on the 22nd. Just so you know, if you listen to this, this is because we're very confused. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> so having said that, I think that's probably about it for this episode. I feel the eating frenzy is about to begin. Yes, I can, I can feel my, my first uh, evening aperitif coming on. Hmm, yes, yes, it's... Um, it's yeah, time we signed off, I think. <laughs> so I just want to wish you all a wonderful wonderful festive time over the next uh, next few days fake or real and uh, and we'll look forward to being with you again next week with a ton more information 
about the vacation rental formula. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. Oh, 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 o